Welcome to Just Mash Podcast, episode three. I'm Josh. I'm Matthew. I forgot. Yeah, I was. Uh, I see it. <laughs> I know. See you processing the puzzlement in, the, yeah. in my face. I'm a complicated man. Uh, okay, so for episode three today, what we're gonna do is I brought ten movie, TV show, video game pitches. He brought ten, and we're gonna do a Hollywood pitch and pitch them to each other and yeah. see if we would push them through or not. Um, that, that was like a poop reference, I guess. Again, because yeah. <laughs> we're shit. Yeah. So essentially, what it is, I don't know what his are. He does. He don't know what mine are. Like I said, it could be movies, TV show, video games, um, whatever. Some of it, uh, you know, I'm only speaking for myself here. Some of it is like original stuff I've come up with, and then uh, some of it's like franchises or other IP, intellectual property, whatever the fuck. Um, I don't know how similar yours is to that uh so i mean yeah i i kind of have a different range of media on here so we'll just kind of and some some of them could work for both or a variety of things true yeah absolutely so we'll just kinda, do you want to go first or you want me to go first you you hit us with the first one and i'll okay. that way i can model my response from yours that's okay. why you always want to go second in a that presentation. is true that is true that's okay nice. so my first pitch is actually kind of a dual pitch it's like it's like a two and one a twofer okay. as they say uh it is a new scooby-doo live action film Okay. Now here's where where it diverges. There's there's two takes for this that could be done. One in the '60s, and then one in 2021. The one in the '60s I would want to be directed by Edgar Wright, and written by Edgar Wright. So Scott Pilgrim, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, all that stuff. This is the cast. I even oh I even my god casted this. This is the only one. Don't oh, okay, okay, okay. Shaggy, I would have played by Will Poulter. Okay. So like you know, Bandersnatch yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Velma, Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. My future wife. Daphne, Aaron Moriarty. So Starlight from the Boys. Oh, okay. My other future wife. Yeah. Uh, Freddie, Dacry Montgomery, from Power Rangers and Stranger Things. Yeah, I think. he's great. He would kill that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Scooby, Frank Welker, the classic, and then the villain would be played by. Jesse Plemons. Oh, shit. Yeah, of course. Dude, like, come on. That's perfect. That's good. Right? That's now, good you know, like I said, it takes place in the 60s, so we'd really steer into the groovy, you know, like, it would be like the cartoon, but satirizing the time period and, you know, the way that stories progressed back then and all that stuff. But I feel like Edgar Wright has the perfect visual style for that movie. That's, I mean, he does. Think yeah. like Scott Pilgrim, all the effects, like, that kind of happen, the words that, that happen and the colors and stuff, but like. The sound effects. But would be 60s amazing. Scooby, you know, like, Groovy pops up and, like, Scooby's not, like, just crazy that's, shit. That's one thing that stands out to me from that, from the old show. Yeah. Is the. You know, well, all the and weird it's, sound effects and when they when they were running and stuff. It's so visually like the old show is so visually pleasing too. Like the backgrounds are like painted in these really yeah. you know incredible ways they could be posters. So I think having someone like Edgar Wright who has such an eye for that visually recreate it would be special. Yeah, um, and then Jesse Plemons who has such this underlying sinister vibes to him sometimes, but can play it in a real subtle way. Whatever monster they ended up. You know, going with I think would be cool, um, and then to you know have him be revealed as the bad guy. Yeah, perfect. Now here's the second second okay. part of this pitch. Scooby Doo 2022. 2022. Just came up with that one, right? Uh, directed by Ryan Johnson and right written by so like yeah. Knives Out. I'm thinking Knives Out, but with Scooby Doo, essentially in its own weird way. Now here's the here's the pitch for this one. They're older, so they're like fully developed, grown adults, not so, like 20s. I'm talking like. Thir- like late 30s, 40s. Okay. So not like the James Gunn live action movies. Here's the cast. We keep Frank Welker as Scooby. Shaggy, Evan Peters, 
It's a Quicksilver. Oh. You know, he could definitely do that, like... That age, that... That, like, joke, you know, dumb humor. Yeah. Ralph Boner, you know, huh, Boner. Yeah. Like, that yeah, sort of thing. Um, look, look I'm going to look at what he's, what he's been in real quick. American Horror Story, Kick-Ass. Uh, or Kick-Ass... Yeah, no, Kick-Ass. Um, WandaVision, X-Men movies. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he could play good. the, like, kind of stoner, goofy dude. Right, yeah. Um, Velma, Emma Stone. Oh, okay, yeah. My third future wife. Daphne, Alexandra Daddario. So, Annabeth from the Percy Jackson movies, True Detective. Yeah. My fourth future wife. Um, Fred, Ryan Gosling. He would kill it as Fred. Like, yeah. make it his character in The Nice Guys, but as Fred, oh my gosh, I like the gates. And then the villain, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. Loki. He yeah. could fucking kill that shit. Yeah, you be know amazing. what I mean? I think it would be awesome. So, like I wow, said. Wow, that was a hell of a start. You got two two Scooby-Doo films that, that you can go for. Um, now, 60s, old, young. You know, I kind of did new new wave of actors, and then, you know, the ones that have been around a while. Um, both of those, uh, Jesse Plemons, Tom Hiddleston, I think would kill it as villains. And then I think, like I said, Edgar Wright and Ryan Johnson would work perfectly with, with those styles. Yeah. So that's my pitch. Interesting. Scooby-Doo. Okay. I dig it. I mean, yeah. I'd pay for it. Same. I'd pay for it. I don't. I would give it whatever budget it needs, and I think HBO would probably be the. the yeah, home for those I could see it as a miniseries. I would so like. I would love to see. I mean, either one is a miniseries, though. But the the Ryan Johnson like twenty twenty two version, mm-hmm. I think, would be better as a miniseries, just because you can get so much more into where they are now. You know how they've adapted over the times, and you know how their characters have changed, and especially nowadays, you got to think about like technology of how is that going to change the like monsters and that sort of stuff yeah. you know like you could do some mysterio from far from home type shit with the drones and shit um and stuff and stuff and things so hit, hit me, right. hit so me i will uh i will kind of rearrange my order for this because oh, i want to okay. i want to give uh you know, an actor that we both enjoy some attention real quick cool. uh so mo- honestly all of my pitches are like completely original i didn't oh, use any okay. sort of ip i hadn't really considered IP. that i was just like oh this would be cool as yeah. a I'm show a, or, I'm do a or film or whatever um but so i would love to see a different interpretation of vegas than we have before i would love to see like this lonely intimate experience with one person um who is a uh an addicted gambler but he wagers like millions at a time Mm. and i would love to see him go through the absolute highs and lows right so he he hits the casinos and in a week he's got 10 million dollars the very next week he loses it all and uh there's this um there's this idea that i had a couple years ago for like a like a limo driver that goes around vegas and he's pretty quiet but no one really knows that or and, and because of that no one really knows that he's this High, high roller gambler that loses and gains millions and he just doesn't care mm. he just wants that thrill of the gambling experience and i would love to see him like travel around vegas as that limo driver in between his own scenes of like hitting up these these casinos and you know throwing down 100k at a table at a blackjack table mm. and then the different types of people that he would interact with and just kind of this this journey through vegas as it you know mm-hmm. as he experiences it yeah i mean I think you could do like a really neat anthology type film where every passenger he oh, has kind of exposes cool. him to a different part of Vegas. Yeah. Like the the thing you were kind of describing at the beginning reminds me of the Gambler with Mark Wahlberg, um, 
and maybe a little bit of leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage. Mm. Like, just the dark side of Vegas, loneliness, fucking... I want to even say, like, you. I don't want to, like... I don't want to, like, portray it in a... In, in any of the extreme lights. Like, right, just Like, the hangover would be on one, one end of the spectrum, and then, like, maybe north of that spectrum is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and mm. then the other side would be movies like that. Yeah. It's just, like, I'm picturing if you can lost in translation in Vegas, right? Just this guy, like, yeah, this no, weird, I think like, that would be awesome. experience in this strange yeah. oasis of a town. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, well, especially cause kind of like what we talked about the other day, that Vegas is like this mythical wonderland of who knows what the fuck it is. You know I mean? If you described it to someone, it would, it would be a myth. Um, and then seeing films like Hangover, Leaving like Las Vegas, Fear and Loathing, The Gambler, Army of the Dead, you know, whatever. We have yeah. these views of what Vegas is and what it can be and can't be. Um, but, I, you know, I like the idea of trying to do a deep personal story in such a massive, you know, whatever it is. Like, I think you could do something cool like that in Disney World. Yeah, I would love to if they yeah, would like, let you. Yeah, yeah they would. You'd have Never. to gorilla the But I would love to see Jesse Plemons in the driver's seat of this limo. Yeah, I think you could do it awesome. Especially, like I said, like an anthology, like, you know, you've got fucking kids going to prom is one yeah. segment, a high rolling businessman in one, a poor dude that's addicted to gambling and another, you know, like, yeah, whatever, a d- domestic abuse couple that, right. you know, beat each Just other. Just all the different types of people like, that flock to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, that would be sick. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely watch that. I got a hair in my face. That's going to cool. happen when you have a face full of hair. I mean, hey, you know what they <laughs> all say. All the time. I can't uh, do it. Okay. This is my, my second pitch. Actually, you know what? I'm going to space this out because it's a Scooby-Doo one, so I'm going to do that later. <laughs> I really like Scooby-Doo people. That, so you have two Scooby-Doo pitches on there? I do, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Because they've both it. been in my head for a long time. Yeah, that's that's fair. Fuck it. I'll just do it now. Scooby-Doo meets the Ghostbusters. Mm. Scooby-Doo has always been a franchise that has been primed for, for crossover. Fucking Batman, we've just seen with um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. And Scooby-Doo are going to have a crossover. Um, fucking Vincent Price. They've got a show on Cartoon Network now, or maybe it was last year where every episode was a crossover. Yeah. Um, but it's just always been such a great franchise to play with other properties and to put them in that world and, you know, see how they react with monsters. But what if you take the, the Scooby-Doo gang, you know, the Mystery Inc., and put them in a world with the Ghostbusters where the ghosts are real? And you've got a fucking ghost bust. Oh. Imagine Shaggy and Scooby wearing proton packs. That would be sick. And imagine Shaggy and Scooby and Slimer all having an eating competition. Yeah. Or something like that. Fucking perfect. Uh, Velma and um, Egon, like, out nerding each other with technology and shit. Like, fucking incredible. I think there's so many cool things yeah. you could do. But now here's, like, the, the crux of the pitch. Animated. And it's going to be a revival of the real Ghostbusters cartoon from the 80s. Interesting. Which I love. I love that cartoon. I think it's awesome. It takes, you know, your four main characters, Vinkman, Egon, Ray, and Winston, and kind of change. It keeps their bare personalities, but it's not the same voice actors. Changes them a bit. It gives Slimer an actual personality other than, like, just eat shit. Um, but it was a great show that ran for four or five seasons yeah. or whatever. It went that long? Yeah. So Holy I think... Shit. You know, the real Ghostbusters. I think if you took them and Scooby-Doo, visually it, it could match up. But I think that could be also a cool way to springboard the real Ghostbusters back into... Because, you know, we're not yeah. going to get the the four Ghostbusters on screen again. No. You know what I mean? So, like, don't not even try. Go go animated with it. You yeah, know? you can do whatever you want. You do whatever the fuck you want. And the budget, wanted. I mean, like, think of the budget 
difference between an animated and live action. Oh my god! It's no question. You could do so much with it too. Um, You could make it a mini series, eight episodes. Scooby Doo meets the real Ghostbusters. You could do just a movie, hour twenty minutes, whatever the fuck. You could do a trilogy. There's so many options, you know. And then here's my my faraway pitch that's tangential to this. One of the original um, ideas for the third Ghostbusters movie way back in the day was that the Ghostbusters go to hell. They like travel to hell oh, and wow. fight like Satan and stuff. And they, I think part of the pitch was that they trained for new Ghostbusters, which would have been Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Chris Farley, and Spade, right, yeah. which would have been cool. Um, so let's say we do a trilogy, the third movie, the Mystery Inc. gang goes to hell with the Ghostbusters to fight Satan and shit. Like, that would be so cool. That would be so... What a weird market, though, or what a weird audience you'd be pitching to. Like, cause it's, it's for me. Yeah, it's it's in your brain. That's for me. That's incredible. Yeah. That's for me, bro. Yeah. yeah. Greenlit, it's, I think. Instantly. Oh, dude. Like it hates. Uh okay, so my next one, there was this really weird like um urban legend type thing that that I came across on the internet. Apparently, at one point in the Philippines, there was a prison that would allow the prisoners to fight each other. Mm. And if you won this this fight against the other prisoner, you'd get to leave. Oh, okay. So I would love to see like a supernatural true detective type TV show, maybe just for a season, mm-hmm. where this group of guys they can't they hate that they or if it's in the like if it's local to them, I would love to see them go after the people that they release because what you're doing there mm. is you're releasing the biggest, baddest, toughest yeah. criminals or whatever, and you could you could insert whatever other. Uh, types of characters in that you want but i think yeah. it would work in like a supernatural duo or a true detective duo where they're they they're they can't stand that or they have this personal vendetta against the prison and they they go after and hunt down or they've got a personal vendetta against a specific prisoner that fights his mm. way through and makes it out so they're going to hunt him down maybe he's a fucking rapist like yeah. kingpin or whatever um i think you could do a cool thing where like steering into the supernatural aspect of yeah. it it's like, you know, a tournament or whatever. You win the fight, you get freed. But it's when you get freed, what you don't realize is you immediately have to go fight a monster that, like, oh, the, yeah. the the town is making ritual sacrifices right. to. So they, but they want to put their biggest and baddest up against it in case they could win. Yeah. You know, or like maybe the monster they're, wants a fight. And people they're something. okay with sacrificing, but also, like, people yeah. that could beat it. But the prisoners yeah. also don't know. Right, you know, so like, and they're in prison anyway. But that I, that whole idea is so rich with. Yeah, you could do anything with that. I I love a good like fighting tournament with yeah. stakes. You know, like the Mortal Kombat, hopefully in Shang Chi, like Street Fighter type stuff. Any any type of like tournament like that, I really like. Oh yeah, you know, and like that scene in Ant Man where it starts out and you think Paul Rudd's in the you know his ass beat in the prison. Like yeah. I don't know for some for whatever reason like that sort of atmosphere. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it is. Uh, Brawl in Subblock 99. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, it's incredible. That movie's brutal. Br- movie's Don't watch with a full stomach. Brutal, man. Uh, it won't be full by the time that you're done. Great movie, though. Really yeah. fucking good movie. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of potential with that, yeah. though. That and if it was real or not, like, I I would have to, you might even have to, like, go over there and just start asking locals. But I'm sure there's some sort. It's of gotta be real. County like, jail or something somewhere that does that. Yeah. That like twisted. But again, up. it's like it's it's insane because you're releasing the the most capable fighters. Yeah. The baddest dudes. The ones that. It's crazy. You want locked up. <laughs> yeah. And that's why to me it's like that's why they put him in that position is to go fight. Yeah. You know, fucking manicure. You know, something exactly, like that, like yeah. a big demon type. Right. Motherfucker that. 
that you know they want protection from. Yeah, no, that would be dope. So, so my third pitch. I brought this up to you the other day. Uh, conveniently enough, one of the people in this pitch took a shit on it on That's Twitter. I was waiting for on this. accident. I was waiting for this because you 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 teased yeah. it. I did the yeah. pitch. When well, we so I wrote somewhere. this the other day, and um, it's something people have said before. I didn't come up with like mm-hmm. this bear concept of what it is, but Dave Batista, John Cena, The Rock, three of the biggest wrestlers of all time, three big actors right now. Huge. Put them in a movie together, right? Batista took a shit on that. He said, absolutely not, no way. He said he wouldn't do a movie with Cena or The Rock or both. Why? He, A, he thinks he's better. B. That's kind of shitty. Well, I, I agree with him in the sense that he's a better actor. Oh, I do think oh, he's a better oh, yeah, actor. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's above it. Yeah. That, that's, you know what I mean? You can be a phenomenal cool. actor and do fun stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't, it's not one or the other. Um, but whatever. Um, but so. This is my pitch. Okay. You put the three of them together, except it's not generic action movie. They're playing themselves. They're, it's Dave Batista, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and John Cena as the actors that they are now, except it's Space Jam, but with pro wrestlers. Oh, my. They have to assemble a team, a Survivor Series team, to go five on five with these demons, aliens, whatever the fuck. So Batista, Cena, The Rock, you know, you can have a power struggle, who's the leader of the team, whatever, to, to defend you know, America or Earth or whatever. They go out and they get Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan, you know, two two big ones. Turns out, so they go through, you know, you, you could do five singles matches that, that ultimately culminates in the five-on-five. Five. You could even do more wrestlers, whatever. It turns out that the demons are led by The Undertaker. Oh, my God. And he's possessed this realm. I think you should be pitching this to Vince McMahon. I probably should, but I can't. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But imagine that Space Jam, but oh with God. wrestlers playing themselves like Michael Jordan did. Yeah. And then, you know, The Undertaker and Kane fit perfectly into that demonic, you know, sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. Like the ghouls, you know, yeah. like the monsters. That fucking, I would love to see. And all the different, like, you know, you could have so many cameos. Yeah, like the I cameos mean, would be hundreds, incredible. Hundreds. Um, just, but then like also putting together a match. You know, like a wrestling match is perfect for drama. You know, and like yeah, the the way that it's structured. So I mean, thinking about if you had Batista versus this random ghoul and Stone Cold versus this one and The Rock versus this one, and then it culminates in a five on five where it turns out that their leader is the Undertaker, someone that's beaten all five of those men previously. Yeah. You know, so they have to band together to defeat Undertaker. And it's at WrestleMania, which he's only lost that twice out of 30 times or whatever. You could do so much cool shit. And then, you know, kind of mixing the media, too, like Space Jam did. You could do them as, you know, regular flat 2D animation. I think practical effects would be dope, um, especially because they would be in the ring, you know, wrestling. Or CG, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah. But Big Dave, you took a shit on it. Yeah, he did. He, and he said like, no. He amazing said, no, timing, apparently. I know, right? It was us. literally the next day I got on Twitter, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> I was like, there goes I think one. if you, honestly, like, if you wrote him a check big enough, and you got him in the room with Cena and The Rock, and they were, well, and they I were think able to talk about it. If he got what it was, you know, right. and understood, like, not to, I don't want to say not to take himself so seriously, but, like, acting is more than just. One is a fun tribute to. To pro wrestling and where, what built them. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, none of them would be anywhere without without pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, not to take anything away from their acting careers; they're great actors and all that shit. Right. But you know, I I think that would be the perfect level of campiness and fun and 
it it could be more than just for wrestling fans because The Rock is so massive, seen as getting there. Yeah. Batista has sort of the drama type thing. I think you could do so much with it. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be yeah. Uh, okay, so this next pitch that I got, I actually take back what I said. I do have one that's kind of a uses existing media. Okay. Um, but okay, so it, this wouldn't be possible mm-hmm. because of all the just from licensing and trademark hell that you would go through. Mm-hmm. But imagine that TV is owned by a single entity, like all uh, any any TV program, TV show, anything it just exists under one umbrella company. Mm-hmm. This company hates animation. Mm. It hates animated shows, movies, whatever. But it will allow one animated show to continue to exist. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could get a battle royale of all the major animated shows throughout Lutons. our modern history. South Park. Bugs Bunny, Eric Cartman, Timmy Turner, Jimmy Neutron, SpongeBob. And they had to fight to see who would be the last animated show standing. And I think it'd be like it would just be this this amalgamation of fun cartoon styles over the years. And you could even do it in the way that Fortnite does, where where you're not actually dying. You're in this simulation, right? And if you get shot or whatever the, the, the modes of. Uh, fighting are mm-hmm. you leave the simulation and your team loses yeah but i it would just be the greatest feat of animation i'm so there for that especially because you could make it this ready player one who framed roger rabbit-esque yeah. thing yeah. did you ever play like the nickelodeon games where it would be all of their character or not all but a lot of their characters maybe if they had one for like the game boy advance i think no I did. these were like gamecube ps2 no yeah no. There, there was one it, they weren't interacting with each other, now that I'm thinking about it. But it was like four different Nickelodeon games. Mm. It was like, oh, I think one of them might have been SpongeBob. One of them was a different like mm. Nickelodeon show. But and one of them's like a skate, like a Tony Hawk skating thing. For with oh, one really? Of the show. With it was very weird. But was you it, could select um, the four different games. What's from the, the What's the the Nickelodeon animated show? Rock? Is it was it Rocket Power? Potentially. Where they were like skateboarders. I think that was that had to have been it, yeah. Right. Yeah, because like, or is that the Pokemon? No, it's Team Rocket. So I think it was Rocket Power, right? It is like yeah. California dudes, like skaters, yeah. like whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, I had a video game of that where you like skateboard the entire time. Um, yeah. Fun. The ones I'm thinking of, it was like SpongeBob, Timmy Turner, Jimmy Neutron. What was the so. what was the little caveman kid like Troc or something like that? You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like he was yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. But it was like you were like on this island and like it was like a four player game and like the four Nickelodeon characters had to like work together to like do something to the island or something. There was like two or three of them. I think they've also done a Mario Kart but with just Nickelodeon characters. Right. Um you know, like Tommy from Rugrats and SpongeBob. Oh the wild thornberries. The wild thornberries, yeah. Oh, Nigel yeah. fucking thornberry with a big ass nose. Yeah. Know. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I, or like yeah, it would just be I would kill to see how, how they would interact with each other, and it would yeah. be like the, this massive project where all these yeah. different companies are able to. So what if you go Hunger Games with it, and instead of them trying to win, they try to overthrow? Oh, that that's that's the twist. That's, that's how you Yeah, it's it, got, yeah. They, they work together. And, they, yeah. and then you've got, you know, bad guy characters, you know, fucking yeah. Dinkleberg, Dinkleberg, you know, like Ned incredible. Flanders, you know, Mr. Yeah. Burns. Like, you just get all these bad guy animated yeah. to, to try and 
win. To try and stop them from overthrowing you yeah. know, whatever. Because they want know. their show to win. They don't yeah. care about the other right. ones. You know? But oh, then you've man. got the, the superpower, Cartman, SpongeBob, fucking Jimmy Neutron, like all of them working together. That's just incredible. And to see them all fight, too. Yeah. Like... That would be sick. I'm in. Yeah. Any sort of like amalgamation of characters, like crossover type shit, I'm there for. End of story. Like, I like that type of shit. So I do get you. Um, okay, so my next pitch is we're going to just pause it. So, yeah, the, my fourth pitch would be Batman 66 in 2022. I'm in. Except. Don't, don't even say anything else. I'm in. <laughs> this is my cast. Okay. So this is this is my vision of what the DC universe is. It It's so good about the multiverse. And I think the DC cinematic universe could lean so heavily into the multiverse and give us a Batfleck movie, a Robert Pattinson Batman movie, and a Batman 66 movie in the same year, and I don't think it would confuse people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We can have the black Superman movie agree. that's going to come out and Henry Cable Superman. Th- like, it can't... Why, I don't understand why it has to be one or the other. We can have a Batman that's for kids and a Batman that's hard-rated R for adults. Yeah, I mean, there's so much of everything out there already. It's like, why not? Well, and just once again, everything will find its fan base. Those brands are cash cows it doesn't matter what you put out if it's got superman or batman on it it'll make some money yeah and b why not try to appeal to all different types of fans you know what i mean like why not it's so, a no-brainer it should be batman 66 and 22 my batman chris pratt oh yeah i think okay. chris pratt could play the adam west goofy but stern batman so perfectly yeah carrying that bomb over his head into a crowded restaurant and dude's jacked he looks like he could be batman but he's funny you know we've seen it in parks and rec and guardians of the galaxy but i think having him play someone that's funny but uh, stern and then with his aloof robin who would be tom holland oh that would be a killer dude if I, we've That'd seen star lord and spider-man's chemistry and in, in game and infinity war Give me them two as Batman yeah. and Robin. One onward, too. They, they and onward, yeah. And onward, they yeah. They the duo there. I think it would be so fun. Um, you know, just the way that they can work with comedy and take themselves seriously, but in a funny way, yeah. I think would be perfect. Yeah. Uh, now, here's here's the villains. The Riddler. Bo Burnham. Oh, shit. I'm down. Dude, if Say you no take the, the satiristic version of Bo Burnham, you know, it's funny and but can be kind of complex and quizzical. Yeah. Put him in the Riddler <laughs> in a goofy version of Batman wow. already. Yeah. Come on. That would be perfect. That would that would work I'd so pay well. So much. And aesthetically so much he looks like he could be a yeah. Riddler, tall, lanky blonde. Like yeah. perfect. Easy. Uh Penguin, Danny DeVito. I was gonna say I want, no other choice. I want a reprisal of Danny DeVito's Penguin. He did you know it. He'd do it in Batman Returns. Let's bring it. it back. Yeah, you know, especially because this one would be more comedic. Yeah, you know, and you could you could do it the same as Batman Returns, where he's fucked up, or you could like give us a chance at a proper Penguin Danny DeVito style. You know, where he looks normal and shit. Yeah, easy. Uh, Catwoman, Emma Stone, which oh, I, okay. I've done yeah. twice now, but yeah. I love Emma Stone. I, I would put her in literally everything I ever do. So she's Catwoman. The main villain, the Joker. Played by Robert Downey Jr. Really? I want... He would he, give the good, a good Cesar Romero. That's the point. Yeah. yeah he, like, would, he could do that. He really wouldn't well. be a good, you know, like Joaquin Joker. I mean, no. maybe he would. You know, he's an actor. He can act. But give us a, a more goofy but also like older Cesar Romero-esque Joker. Yeah, and we've seen him job. as the hero as Iron Man. Now let's get him as the Joker. And 
working act at opposite of Chris Pratt and Tom Holland again. Yeah. Uh, I'll green light. You got to give me the scene where uh, Batman is, or or, uh, Joker's on the phone with Batman. He's like, if you were here right now, I'd pound you to a pulp. And he turns around and Batman's there. Yeah. You got to give me that scene, please. I would do all of it. The bomb, the shark, Batman. The shark is legendary. The the shield. (laughs) I, I I would touch on all of that. Shark repellent. Um, and then I would try and, you know, the sequel would be Two-Face. I don't know yeah. who I would make as Two-Face. Maybe Tommy Lee Jones again, you know, that would be, get, yeah, him, be fun. get him back in it. Yeah. And then fuck, give me Uma Thurman, Poison Ivy. Yeah. You know, like, let's give me all of it. I think it would be so fun, especially if they're not taking themselves too seriously. Right. Still cool action and stuff, but ultimately the project. Yeah. just a fun, this is what this is. Yeah. We're not trying to do The Dark Knight Returns. We're trying to have fun. I think it would be perfect. I love it. Yeah, it would be it. awesome. Yeah. Call it Batman 66 and 22. I think it would be perfect. Uh, okay, so I'm going way out of order with mine. Are you just kind of going down your list? Yeah, or? I'm going down my Okay, list. yeah. So I, I, I never really have an order to some of these type of things. I just I, I like bouncing around with the, uh, with the mm-hmm. moment. So um, I love this idea of a guy moving into a new house or a family moving into a new house, but I think it works better if it's just like an individual. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he learns that there's a door that leads to nothing, except if he uses a key from different points in his life, he can travel to the, whatever point he had that key at, right? Mm. So, like, if he has a key from a house, and I would love to play around with, like, how he discovers this, yeah. but the general concept is that if, he, if he's got a key from when he was a kid and he saved it, uh-huh. and he, he uses the key to unlock the door, when he walks through it, he emerges as he was at that age whenever he whenever oh. he got the key so he can he can use that to travel to different points in his life so it's depending not on how he's got the key so he's not stepping into memories he's time traveling he's time traveling essentially yeah yeah so like and i would love if if you could live forever you could live forever yeah, yeah. and i would i would love to dive into that what that would do to a person because that i would i'm so ex- inspired by being john malkovich yeah. in in this in this pitch um not maybe not as weird more more like it's closer like to like robin or something like that eternal sunshine yeah some bit. i would kill for that here's the here's the point of conflict okay right? we get 20 minutes setting up the you know the plot or whatever of him going through doors he goes through the door when he's 12 mm-hmm. and then he fucks something up to where he can't go through again and he has to figure out how to as, as a 12 year old yeah. discover the yeah. doors again or change his life to lead up to it, you know, and maybe, maybe he's got to like exit through other people. Like maybe he steals a key from somebody else mm. and he goes through another door and he's like it's, now inside of another person's memories. But even more than that, that door, him as a 12 year old, like in his wife's door when she's 35. Yeah. Something like that, you know, like and he just, he's yeah. going through other points and times in other people's lives until he can get back to But that own. door and key combination, I, I love playing around with. Because there's so much yeah, you can do. Yeah. Like, it's metaphorically, you know, physically. Well, it's like Monsters, Inc. Yeah. You know, like, it's yes, like the, something exactly the like that, doors yeah. that change you go love through. Love that movie. It's, it's one thing, it's the other. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sentimental bitch. You know, I mean, I like. I love nostalgia. There's, a, like, couple, there's a couple, like, nostalgic themes on here. I don't know yeah. what that says about me right now. I but. mean, nostalgia, self-reflection, uh, you know, examining your deepest Mm. innermost fears and insecurities like i that's where i live you oh know? yeah that's my brain space right there um yeah no i'm in on that shit you got an actor in mind no honestly i did not 
I think Philip Seymour Hoffman would have killed that. Oh, man. That's depressing. I know, right? That's really depressing. Yeah. R.I.P. That sucks. Go watch okay. The Master in Synecdoche. Uh, okay, so my next three pitches uh, are all semi-related in some way. Interesting. So I will tell you the first one. This is a David Fincher directed, okay, Aaron Sorkin written, I'm in film called I'm in. Kubrick. So this is going to be, it's not a biopic about Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick, okay, but you're taking Stanley Kubrick and you're putting him in different eras of Hollywood with the most important actors and seeing what he would do, the films he would make, the conversations he would have, his thoughts on film and Hollywood uh. and how the industry has evolved. And I think you could do a really fun thing where, you know, you take 10 actors from nowadays, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, fucking so on and so forth, Oscar Isaac, David Thewlis, and have them play important people from Hollywood from yeah. different, you know, fucking imagine if you had Ryan Gosling play Tom Hanks in 1990. That'd be incredible. And how how does Stanley Kubrick interact with Forrest Gump era Tom Hanks? Yeah, like that type shit. You know what I mean? So is he? What is he? Is he like going around purposefully? I would how say. Would you, how would you kind of portray the? To me, it would be almost a synecdoche esque mm, film. Time is where time is distorted, fluid. Yeah, um, and I don't want to say it's Stanley Kubrick at the end of his life or losing his mind necessarily, but maybe it's a dream, you know, like, um, or just feels like a dream in the way that things can just come in and out, and it doesn't make sense, and who's who, and when's when, and whatever's what, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think, especially if they went into the future, that would be cool. But just, I would love an analyzation from two of those dudes. Like, Fincher, we've seen in Mank, loves old Hollywood, and he yeah, really yeah, touch on that. Yeah. Sorkin, the dialogue is just so sharp and perfect and back and forth, and he's so opinionated that I think analyzing Stanley Kubrick's thoughts and feelings on Hollywood and film and cinema and how it evolves and devolves yeah. and the steps that it takes, especially if you, like, kind of, you know, fingered through some of his through his actual thoughts and opinions on on the matter of of you know film and and whatever. But I think you could do a really cool deep dive into who Kubrick was as a filmmaker and as a person. Mm. So yeah, and like there's just not that much out there about him, right? You know, so like I would love to, but I don't want to buy it. I, I don't want that. Type no, of no, no. It'd have to be completely. Uh, fictional. Even you know what? You could even do it like Midnight in Paris. Oh, that would be incredible. But with, like, Hollywood yeah. and actors. Right. You know, take notable people from all these different eras. and Right, a real person and putting them in a fictional situation which they were not in. Exactly. Yeah, that's the best way to do that. That's, yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. But with, um, you know, Fincher and Sorkin and then modern actors playing, I guess like they do in Midnight in Paris, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that's the pitch. Nice. Uh, so the next thing I'll pitch to you is mm-hmm. uh, you're going to like this. The, this actor oh, yeah. um so it's post-apocalyptic world nice. kind of like the road maybe not as dark mm-hmm. um but this man he's got he's in his 60s uh maybe like early 60s um but he's got this collection of vhs tapes oh i like it already and the world has ended it's not a place where you can just order something on the internet um but he he is by himself his family has gone on and whatever way i i would love if you kept that a secret like why is he alone and mm-hmm. just reveal certain things about him as as time progresses um but his goal the entire movie is to find uh vcr so that he can watch these tapes mm-hmm. and i would love it if he got like close in some some points of this um and you know further away in others but like 
when he finally reveals you know what's on the vhs tapes i would love if it's like wedding like just simple shit just like oh. wedding videos like kids birthdays things like from that from that time period and i would love it if you could age up matthew mcconaughey just a little bit yeah and have him on this journey to find this so vcr this this comes from interstellar where he's watching the tape of his kid and he's crying absolutely and that's the yeah. image him yeah. watching all that stuff absolutely. and crying i like it but no, i, I, like I love the he he has no way to access these memories yeah. like all he's got is his brain maybe it's his, his memory's fuzzy or the like tear. he's got memory issues altogether yeah like it doesn't have to be as far as alzheimer's or dementia he's not that old but yeah. brain injury something something happened right. but the only thing that's attaching him to See, his old self is these v- vhs when you were doing this vhs i was like oh like dumb and dumber and like tommy boy and <laughs> not like nope. home movies yeah. i was thinking like oh he wants to go around and like get every movie on vhs that would be uh what is that is it high fidelity I have no with idea. jack black no that's be kind rewind be kind rewind yes yeah. high fidelity is a record thing yeah. yeah, I reckon maybe. Uh, I knew it was some sort of store and Jack yeah, Black. Yeah, it's Jack combo. Black and Most Def, and they run like a video store. Yeah. But something happens. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Something happens where a lot of the movies get erased, so they have to like refilm the movies and like yeah. sell them or something. Yeah, which is a, such a fun concept. It's a good movie, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been, like I said, it's been, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's like 2009 or something, but I really enjoyed it then. Yeah. But if you can make so. Matthew McConaughey look like he does in True Detective. Yeah, and with the long hair, with the long like he looks yeah. horrible. He looks like someone he named looks Russ really Cole. Yeah, he looks yeah. like that. So. Well, what, so just kind of veering off a little bit, what's the time difference between when he's being interviewed by the cops and his his detective days? Like, they do they ever say, say that? It. Yeah, it's like I'm pretty sure there's three timelines, right? Yeah. So I think one is like early '90s, one's like 2000, and one's 2010. I think is what it is. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know that. For so sure. yeah, but it's I, been a while since I watched yeah, it. Yeah, great but show. Put Matthew McConaughey on the road, and yeah. he's on this journey for, for anything with it could be Matthew McConaughey sitting in front of a camera insulting me for ninety five minutes, and I would probably nominate it for best. Be an picture. expensive cameo. It would probably be. feel bad about doing it, but Gosh. we could we could arrange that. Green light. Okay, Green. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> this is my good pitch thought. number six. Okay, The Shining. The video game. Oh, yeah. So this is what it is. You Easily. are a fucking... You could do it a, a Five Nights at Freddy's style thing. You're a janitor hired to clean the Overlook Hotel, whatever. You have to work your way through each room of the hotel and fight whatever demons or ghouls or monsters or whatever the fuck reside there, working your way up to room 237, mm. which is like, you know, the massive... The final boss. You know, the final boss set piece. And the, the mission is to escape the hotel and potentially destroy it. But here's the the crazy part. It connects all of Kubrick's movies. Oh. It's like the center of a, like a Kubrick verse. So are you thinking like you enter a door and you enter into a clockwork no, orange? Or? No, I'm thinking more like maybe Alex is a demon in this mm. one of these rooms. Or there's hints that the baby at the end of 2001 you know, is the reason why the Overlook is haunted or, you know, Full Metal Jacket, Private Pile has room, something like that. Yeah. But, like, finding a way to, may, even if it's subtly, and then at the end, at Room 237 is when it all kind of mixes right. together. Yeah, like, this, the Overlook is somehow the engine that fuels yeah. all these different well, universes. Even more than that, the Overlook is the thing that 
overlooks the universes. The overlook, yeah. You know, like yeah, that's what that's it good. is. And room 237 really is like the center of the universe where everything collides. You know, that's why it's so cursed and chaotic. It's where the purest evil, you know, Full Metal Jacket, Clockwork Orange in 2001, and all this shit just fucking goes with each other. Yeah. You know? Oh, um, wow. And I think if you did it like you know, whatever, your generic character, whatever, you could start doing DLC packs where you can play as Alex or play as Snowball or play as the fucking Frank Poole, you know, play as um, uh, Douglas from Paths of Glory, yeah. you know, or Spartacus, something cool. like that, like where you could Spartacus play as, cool. as those characters going through the Overlook. Like, that would be sick as fuck. You and McGregor and the fucking... Yeah, Danny... Yeah, you know, yeah. like fucking all the. I mean, even Jack the people Nicholson. from that movie. Yeah, like all those Sleep. characters. Yeah. Even though that's not, you know, not necessarily Kubrick. It's not Kubrick, but to me, it's it works. Like, yeah, you if you're doing it, do the universe thing. DLC, you know, yeah. DLC. Yeah, that's my vision. I would love a horror video game. You could play first person, third person, whatever. Going through each of these rooms with these objectives, fighting these fucking monsters, connecting all the Kubrick yeah. films together. It would be sick. And that way, once again, you don't have to worry about getting Jack Nicholson. Right. You know, like, you can just have Jack Torrance and it's whoever. So, Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, let's see what my next pitch is going to be. Let's do this one. Uh, okay, so, again, I, I another nostalgic thing. Um, but I don't know if you ever see people joke on, online, like, people that you used to play video games with that you maybe didn't know mm-hmm. in person. Yeah. And, like... One day you just stop playing with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you you sign off for the last time, and then you never speak with that person again yeah. for the rest of your life. I would love to see an examination of that, where this dude he becomes obsessed with it, mm-hmm. and like he has that weird realization that I'll never talk to these people again. Maybe there's like four or five, right? Mm-hmm. That, that they used to, you know, uh, they like get into tournaments and things like that back, way back in the day. I would love it if he ran into a money issue mm-hmm. and there was a tournament on the line, right? They're like, Oh, you know, you, you, uh, amateurs can sign up something like a Fortnite cup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could sign up with four or five people and compete. And then if you won, you got this, you got, you got money. money. The deal like, you have to be an amateur. You cannot be a professional or in, you mm-hmm. know, tied to it in any way. So he like re- tries to go around and round up his old friends that he used to play with to win like, that tournament. Like beer fest. Exactly. But with, like, exactly, games. but with with old video game yeah. buddies, and uh, like you could you could make it in that style. You yeah. could make it like. Um, It'd have to be funny. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like think you know or tag even like yeah that tag kind of vibe. yeah like and I think you could do something so great if like, you know, one of the players is like a twelve year old. You yeah. know, and one of them's like right. fifty-five, and then the yeah. other one, someone he knew, like he in knew that, in real life, but he didn't yes. know it was the person he was playing right. with, or yeah. like his high school bully, that who it's knew so, they were yeah. best friends on the internet, Absolutely, but they yeah. hate each other in real life. Like you could do so much shit. Yeah, I think even like a documentary would be cool. You that know, would like, be cool. Write like a Spinal Tap esque. Oh, yeah. You know where you interview yes. them all and yeah. come up with a fake game and like right that type because of I love that world. I, I love. Because that, yeah. that's such a weird yeah. thing to have. You like you play for hours and hours and hours of your time with this random group of ragtag folks that you find, right? And then you have to go around and collect them in real life. There's an episode of My Name Is Earl. So like actually, there's a story arc in My Name Is Earl. I want to say in season two where Earl and Joy accidentally kidnap this dude, and um, he ends up like you know escaping and like. Uh-huh. 
suing him or whatever. But um, halfway through the season, he dies. Like he uh, live he like lives in one of those shitty apartments with the bed that like comes down from the wall yeah. and it, like snaps up and kills him or whatever. And um, Earl feels guilt because Joy's like, "Oh, trial's over. Doesn't matter now. He's dead. Right. Fuck him." But Earl's like guilty about it. Like he died and he never got justice for what we did right. to him and like you know whatever. So he realizes, dude had no family, no friends. Like he didn't know anybody. He lived this sad wow. life alone, and then he got kidnapped, and then he just died. So Earl's trying to put together this funeral, and he can't get anyone to go, and blah blah blah. And then one day he discovers that the dude had tons of friends online. Right. The dudes that he played games with every single night. Yeah. You know that didn't even know he died. So like, there's a point where. They, you know, all find out about it and reveal themselves like, oh, we thought he was AFK, you know, but he died. So they like come together for the funeral and then they like have their first gaming session in person, like in memory of him. Like it's a really sweet thing that plays on that concept of online friends and how just because they're online, it doesn't mean you're not friends. Right. Really great episode. That's interesting. Phenomenal writing and before it's time because that was 2006. Right. And it's... yeah, it's very um, it's very rare that you see that slice of life portrayed that way. Like yeah. some people do, just kind of live these weird. Yeah. You think it's what well, you think is sad or lonely or whatever. Yeah. And then that's the end. But, but every night he looked forward every, to playing every night, yeah. with these random people from across yeah, the planet. Yeah, that's very human. That's yeah. a very human story. Well, I love that a lot. It was just so sweet, you know. I mean, because once again, the show just because you don't hang out with someone in person doesn't yeah. mean you don't have a connection. Yeah. Um. Ironically enough, the dude's name was Josh. Oh, that's <laughs> so. I wonder if that's why you subconsciously retained it. No, it's just uh, that that <laughs> episode also, always stuck with me. It, no, that's incredible. Yeah, I, like, I want to rewatch or the watch show the so show good. and give it the proper attention so that good. it deserves. Um, yeah, no, I do. Uh, you know, okay. So the final, this one isn't even Kubrick-esque actually, but it's like a a, a tiny reference. Mm. Think of the scene in Ready Player One where they go into The Shining. Yeah an entire video game or movie based off of that. So I'm thinking if we did a video game, imagine Super Mario with the castle where you see the paintings on the wall and you jump in for the level, except it's the movie poster. You jump in and now, boom, you're in Star Wars. You know, boom, you're in Sleepless in Seattle. Boom, you're in The Shining. You know, and like you could orchestrate all these levels where you have to find these artifacts from each of the thing. Maybe um, kind of like Kingdom Hearts esque, right? Is that yeah, sort of where you're bouncing in between the except they all exist in the universe. Right. I'm talking jump into these movies. Oh, Kingdom Hearts is like there's an Alice in Wonderland planet and a Hercules planet gotcha. and a Mickey Mouse planet, and we travel. So you're entering into the but like film think Super Mario painting, yeah. jumping into the poster. Right. Here we are in the thing, you know, like. And then, you know, maybe you have someone that's trying to erase pop culture, so they're going through and, like, stealing essential things from these plots that, like, make the film fall apart. Taking Luke's lightsaber. Yeah. You know, taking... Or, like, killing off... even You can even have them... Killing off off characters, something like that. Yeah, and just forever intrinsically changing these films. So you have to go in and hop through each one. That is is Fix it, you know. Set the the film back on its course, you know. Think of it even like... um, uh, here's a reference. Scooby Doo Cyber Chase. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that movie. It's so great good. movie. So like, think you know Cyber Chase. Yeah. Like you got the fucking lightning dude, whatever, right. going through 
fucking shit. Virus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. yeah. make yeah. Scooby Doo the protagonist. Yeah. You know, let's That'd do another Scooby. Yeah. All yeah, of these pitches are Scooby Doo in the same way. Batista, you know? Cena, Rock, and Scooby Doo. That's your team right there. <laughs> but so yeah, well, like I, yeah. I could see the budget for that already. That's it's my uh, a lot of zeros. That's my pitch. My game. Um, okay, so I, I've had this idea bounce around. It might have already been done. If it if it has been, that's okay. I would love to see like a comedy horror where the a Zodiac killer type mm-hmm. person runs into the only immortal person on the on the earth. So like he can't kill this person and it's driving him crazy. And you can have this wily coyote roadrunner type thing where this immortal person is just not interested at all. And the, the the serial killer just continues to try to kill this guy, even though he can't. And like, you can make it more serious, but I think it really, it would be such a fun spy versus spy. Exactly. Something something like like that. But this, this immortal dude just does not give a fuck. Like, and he knows and, like, maybe he's met other serial killers, like Jack the Ripper or yeah. the actual Zodiac, and this dude is not, he's like, you don't even compare yeah, to Yeah, you're people. nothing like them. Yeah, like, I, know, I would love to see that interaction. Yeah. Oh, that would be great, yeah. Like a Tucker and Dale versus evil type. Right, like stupid. Type analysis of humor. whatever. Well, especially if the immortal one is the antagonist. They're oh, yeah. the bad guy. Right. You yeah. know, like, we're on the side of the serial killer. Like, fucking get him. You yeah. know, like, murder him. Like, right. Take him out. Because the, the mortal dude's so cocky about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, nice try. Blew up a building. You didn't get me. Right. You know, like, that type of shit. I think that would I'd be love fun. It. You could do yeah, a lot of you could, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a comedy, you could you could sympathize with the serial killer yeah, without, like, funny. actually attaching yourself to Absolutely. That, that sort of work. He fucking, like, connects with one of his victims before he murders him. Like, yeah. This dude, he just, I can't right. kill him. And you got any advice? Like, yeah, it's, no, yeah, nah, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, you can even have Michael C. Hall be one of the two. I think that would be fun. Oh, I would <laughs> love that. I'm a big Dexter fan. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, this is this is my next pitch The Predator, new Predator movie, except, yeah, you're good. Okay, so my was this my pitch or your pitch? I think it's yours. My pitch. I think it's yours. Yeah. The Predator. Okay. So I want a new Predator movie, hard R rated. I don't want any of the stupid bullshit that that normally comes with Predator movies. Except this is the cast. Okay. This is going to be six people that are going to fight this Predator. You can give them whatever you know. It would be closer to the first film, the right. way that you know Schwarzenegger and Ventura and all them work together. This is the leader of the team, Matthew McConaughey. Hey, there we go. Next, Jesse Plemons. Ryan Gosling. Okay, okay. John David Washington. Oh, shit. Robert Pattinson. Paul Dano. Wow. I want this wild mix of personalities and body types in the fucking jungle fighting the Predator. And you could even go and make it not even the jungle. It could be like Antarctica. Yeah. Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah. I said that wrong. You could do it like the thing. Oh, f- throw Kurt Russell in there. Make it sad. Oh, yeah. Like old guy, you know. Yeah. You could even bring Arnold back. I was going to say, I would kill to bring Arnold back. You know, you yeah. bring him back as Dutch, and maybe that's what it is, is he's leading this team to, to go hunt down the Predators or something. Like, yeah. I think that would be sick as fuck. But I want gory brutal no bullshit no stupid humor like the fucking most recent one like take us back to basics it's not a bunch of predators it's just one yeah just one you know you can even attempt to level the playing field and give them better tech or something um i would love like a beat where they think it's they think it's a bunch of different predators but it's just one fucking them up and they're like oh 
it's just one. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that, the that's the gut like punch the gut moment. Punch, yeah, but I mean, you gotta think you could have Paul Dano as the tech nerdy dude. Yeah. Fucking Jesse Plemons is the fucking once again sinister, maybe good, maybe bad. McConaughey is the fucking older, grizzled, retired fucking military dude. John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, like modern day military you know type shit who is the other person are they being paid to do this do you think like is it a contract or is it personal so if dutch is in it if if schwarzenegger's in it and he puts the team together it could be you know that he's paying them or you know they're related to whoever um could be personal maybe let's say the other predator films are canon and people know about the predators and they're scared and concerned or whatever so they Maybe like Army of the Dead style, they're being paid by this mysterious dude to bring that, bring him a predator head, you know, something yeah. like that. That would be cool. Um, you could do a lot of cool shit with it. Oh yeah, you know. And I love that that idea that yeah. like kind of Expendables Predator. Thing, yeah, it's like fucking, a bunch of different. Uh, Dirty Dozen Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah know, Suicide Squad is the a perfect vibe. Get them, you know, all good. Have these cool, unique actors that have their own identities and personalities and all that shit. Put them together and have them fight the fucking predator. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Who would be the first to go? Paul Dano, right? No, I think Paul Dano is the one that, let's say like John David Washington and Robert Pattinson or like the bad guys like dickheads or whatever. They want to sacrifice him or like, Mm. you know, use him as bait or something. McConaughey's trying to save him because he's the smart one. So, like, you could have McConaughey going out on a limb trying to protect him at all costs because yeah. Dano can't, you know, hold his own weight physically. Yeah, no offense um, to Dano, but <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded worse as I was listening to it in my head. So, I don't mean Paul Dano. I mean his character. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's just the In fairness, <laughs> I don't think Paul Dano could hold his own against a predator. No, no. In no. real life. No, nobody could. Exactly. Really, not alone. You know, other than Matthew yeah. McConaughey. But, like... My vision of him is from Prisoners Same. and from There Will Be Blood. Little Miss Sunshine. Like. Little Miss Sunshine. He's he's more like an adult in uh, in the other Swiss two, Army yeah. Man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But he's just not like a, he's not a physical powerhouse. No, no, no. Or an overwhelming presence. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get what you were saying. Yeah. Just for the I mean, just for the, the memes. He's the Riddler. Just for the he is the he's, oh dude. He's gonna be the Riddler. When, is that come out this year? March. Oh. March twenty twenty. All right, that's not that bad, I guess. It was supposed to come out last week. So to make that is worse. painful. Okay, that is painful. Give me your next. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go like true horror here. Okay. Uh, and I mentioned this. This is like a, based on a true story. So I would love to just make this way more, um, way more fleshed out. But there was this basketball coach mm-hmm. um, several years ago that was like indoctrinating the kids that he coached into oh, this cult. Right. Right. Now it was. It, it never turned violent or, or anything like that, but he was genuinely brainwashing these kids at such a young, impressionable age. Mm. And I think that's that's a terrifying concept. So, like, take it a bit further. Small town. This basketball coach is, like, recruiting these kids to this, like, Charles Manson-esque task mm-hmm. where he he's, like, causing them to, to, to get into trouble. And, like, he's just – this one dude is causing this – complete chaos in this town mm-hmm. and no one can figure out at first why exactly these kids are acting out this way and eventually like parents piece together that th- this propaganda so to speak is coming from this basketball coach yeah and he's got a hold on him yeah you can even do like red state like, yeah kind of 
like you could depending on the age of like if they're high school kids they can yeah. cause actual destruction and violence and shit right. like and that's that's a terrifying force like that oh, mob yeah. mentality cults cult-like behavior and especially in a small town mm-hmm. where there's not a whole lot of you know presence from the outside world yeah and i mean the best villains think they're right yeah you know and when you're indoctrinated into something like that at such a young age it's not even your fault you know to a certain extent right so like to have the the struggle between the kid and parent of like this isn't it you know well you told me to trust this guy it's yeah like, well but not like that you know right. what i mean like there's just there's a lot you could do with yeah with and then that. like like the the way that those things work is that they tell you that we have the answers and anyone else that tries to tell you otherwise is wrong and you right. should be careful of that and then once that idea is planted then mm. anyone else that you once believed as like a close person you could trust is now an enemy yeah and it's so quick how our brains can just kind of completely turn and do a 180 mm-hmm. on ourselves and on our families and all that stuff and that's that's such a terrifying thing that can happen it has happened yeah you know i would just love to see it pushed a little bit further push the envelope push the envelope yeah a little bit yeah yeah no i'm in on that but i would love philip seymour hoffman again oh. as a cult leader like he would he would kill it in that and i thing. could see him too as like yeah. a basketball coach with a temper yeah you know that goes too far in coaching absolutely know? um i love it okay my next pitch i think most people are going to say no to this but this is kind of why i'm pitching Ooh. everyone's problems with the Disney live-action films are that they're either direct retreads of the animated film, mm-hmm. the same thing, just live-action and worse, or they change too much about it of the good stuff, and it sucks because it's too different. Yeah. This is my pitch. Disney live-action, but the Avengers. Oh, brother. So the way to avoid the is it too similar or too different is to just fucking go the entire other way. Give me... Fucking Simba, nuts, yeah. Blue, fucking Aladdin, Ariel, Cinderella, yeah. Give me all of them. Mulan, yeah. Fucking Dumbo, Um, wow. What are the other ones? Other big ones that they've done? Uh, I know they're doing the Little Mermaid. Yeah, Uh, fucking Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Dan Stevens, Emma Watson. But like, get these big name actors in it too. You know, Maleficent is a baby face in there. Emma Stone, Cruella. Yeah. Just assemble all these wow. people together, put them against That'd be killer. whatever you want it to be. But that way, you're not adapting, you know, 101 yeah. Dalmatians, so people aren't going to shit that's on a, you. That's a completely new thing. For Who's like, the big bad villain? That's a, it could be Maleficent. It could be uh, Bob Iger. Oh, Disney shit. Disney CEO, that you know, or cool. whatever he is. Robert Iger. But I mean, like, look at this, right? This is just who I have on here. You've got Through the Lion King. You've got Beyonce, Donald yeah. Glover, Idris Elba, I want to say. Isn't he in it? Or is yeah. he in Jungle Book? Chiwetel uh, for actually might be. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look up both the cast. But so you've got those. Bill yeah. Murray in Jungle Book, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Aladdin, Will Smith's genie. Like, that's fucking massive right there. Jafar could be one of the bad guys. Jafar would be, yeah, would be uh, killer. Peach Dragon you could bring into it. Robert Redford, you know, is a, is a big name. Maleficent, you've got Angelina Jolie, Dumbo, yeah. Michael Keaton, and Danny DeVito are in it. Colin Farrell, um, Cinderella is Lily James, Richard Madden, um, and Cruella, Emma Stone, like just yeah. all these. Oh, it'd be insane. People that you could assemble and do a 
you know, good guys versus bad, super team of Disney characters versus super villain team, you know, Ursula, Jafar, Hades, you know, yeah. and so on. Oh, yeah. You could do some dope shit. Oh, yeah. And once again, that way you kind of curb the expectation of, oh, they're just retreading the, the animated. No, we're not. You know, we're throwing it all together and just seeing what happens. Yeah, like, okay, you guys have hated what we've done. Yeah. We're going in this direction. We're going to make it different. Yeah, we're going to make it wild and crazy. Yeah. Let's strap the fuck in. And, like, just I think it would be such a neat oh, yeah. thing I, to see. I mean, nothing like we've ever seen before. No, outside, And not. not even, it. it's like even beyond the Avengers because yeah. that was like, they, you know, it works so well. Whereas oh. this could be a giant dumpster fire. <laughs> it could. And here's the after credit scene. Or no, here's the the, the we're gonna steal a little bit from Star Wars. Okay. Here. The the whole reason everything's happening is they're trying to find Mickey Mouse. Oh wow. After credit scene, start you know in a room, kind of yeah. moving around, and then we see Mickey Mouse standing there, sitting on a throne or something with a keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. That's the end, and then the sequel is the fucking House of Mouse type shit. Oh That's my god! Yeah, <laughs> give mean, it to me, this please. Is like Disney, yeah. Oh what wow. Disney all over the place. I love it. That's insane. I love it. And it could be like it could be one of the worst things ever, or one of the greatest things. One of the coolest. I don't think twists. it has any yeah. sort of room to be in the middle anymore. No, it couldn't be bad. Yeah, it just like, couldn't be. It's impossible. Oh my god! And everyone would have an opinion on it. And everyone, everyone would have an opinion. Would yeah. have. Everyone it. would see it. You would have to. Yeah. You would have to. Could you imagine missing that? It'd be no. awesome. So yeah, that's number number nine. Uh, okay, so this one, um, I imagine a writer who's you know old at the end of his life, eighties, nineties, dies of natural causes. Mm. Um, R.I.P. And but at the very end of his life, he meets like um, this woman friend, like she's a friend that he uh, that he runs into or whatever they're meeting. Uh, that in uh, that uh, what is that? What is the word I'm looking for? It starts with an I. Inciting incident, mm. right? Inciting incident where maybe she's like a fan of his of his writing, um, but you know they they have a couple conversations. They don't get to know each other that well. He passes away, and she goes to the funeral, kind of skeptically because she didn't know him. You know, if she was a fan, it might be a bit easier. Mm-hmm. I don't see him as like super well known like Stephen King. Like he's smaller. People mm-hmm. might not know him if he's walking down the street. But I would love it if the writer was Michael Caine. Mm. I, I would kill the, like, this, the, the writer that I'm picturing is like softly spoken but mm. wise. And uh, can so you I, uh, can you do a Michael Caine real quick? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I will not. He's Sir Michael Caine too. So because of that reason, That's I can't do it. Sir Alfred Pennyworth. Yes, that exactly. But so this so this woman goes to the funeral. Like it could be anywhere from like Emma Stone's age to like Julianne Moore, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she goes to the funeral, she realizes that a lot of the people there are characters from his work. Oh. So, like, obviously they're not inhuman or, like, crazy monsters or anything. They're, like, right. actual genuine people. Uh-huh. And as she has conversations with them, she realizes that their characters come to life from his stuff and they're yeah. attending his funeral. That would be dope, especially if it turns out that she's a character. Oh shit! And That's she realizes it at a certain oh, point. She's like, God. "Oh wait, it has to be. That's gotta." I'm be a it. character in this book. Wow. Yeah. That. That's yeah. like fucking. That's chills right there. That's it, man. That's and like, oh yeah. She's like, you I'm could have this ex machina, Anomalisa. Yeah. Well, it's real. 
Did he write my entire life? Yeah. You know, was I speaking to him? Is that right. the editing stage? And now that he's finished the book, he's dead to me? Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> you could do some great shit with oh, that, wow. man. We'll have, to, we'll have to save that one. Yeah, that's... We'll have to save it's that It's ours. One. Yeah. Yeah, no, we But my, we Michael... And, like, you could even have... You might... To, to include Michael Caine's character more, depending on how you want to do that, like mm-hmm. you could have flashbacks or different points in time. Like you could mess yeah. with. Well, and you just talk to the, to the other characters. Oh, how did you know him? And then we figure yeah. out who Michael Caine was at the point he was writing that book. Yeah. Oh, I knew him when he was forty, and you know when he was going through a second divorce right. and all that shit. Never spoke to him again. Yeah. You know, like that. Oh, you could do some great shit. Oh yeah, it's a really fun. I would like to actually sit down and attempt. Yeah, it. we got we got something yeah. on our hands there. Uh, okay, my final pitch. Okay. It is called The Beatles, the video game. Oh, brother. So, essentially what it is, is we are traveling through the Beatles' career, but okay. in a surrealistic universe. So, I'm talking, you play as one of the four Beatles, and you're traveling through their careers as, you know, the Quarrymen, and playing in these underground bars, into the Ed Sullivan Show, into the surrealistic you know, Rubber Soul, White Album, into the Abbey Road, and Sgt. Peppers. And essentially what the plot of it would be is, as you move thor- forward, like I said, it's surrealistic. So as they grow as people and write certain songs, they develop certain powers. And they can fight off, you know, the characters wow. in their songs yeah. can be good guys or bad guys. You know, when when they write fucking A Hard Day's Night, they gain this you know, superpower that, you know, you can do whatever. If Ringo hits the drum a certain way, it splits the ground or, you know, whatever the fuck. But it turns out, as the story goes on, Paul McCartney realizes this isn't real. What this is is the blue meanie from the Yellow Submarine Mm. took his and Ringo's consciousness and put them in this fake universe. And John Lennon and George Harrison aren't alive. He realizes, oh, I'm Paul McCartney, modern day 2021, and I'm in this fake universe, so this is oh, the last wow. time I'm going to be around John Lennon and George oh, Harrison. God. So, like, you could have a great scene where that's explained to them, too, that, like, we're not real, and, you know, maybe we're dead or whatever. But, so the end of the game would be in this crazy fucking, you know, yellow submarine world where nothing's real and everything's fucking wild, and they're fighting this army of blue meanies, and, um, you know, that the end is them, the Beatles parting ways finally, and you could even have the end be the rooftop concert yeah. or whatever the fuck, and then, you know, you come back modern day with, with Paul and Ringo. Wow. And then you could even do some DLC missions of George and Bob Dylan yeah. and Paul oh, McCartney and Michael shit. Jackson yeah. and, you know, John Lennon. Or and Eric Clapton. or Eric, Eric Clapton, Clapton and George, George Harrison. Harrison, yeah. You could do so many cool DLCs. Wow. And then the other thing is, like, unlockables. You know, you could unlock... Ringo Sergeant Pepper outfit, you know, and like John's, yeah. you know, <laughs> I am the walrus. Like you That's could do good. so many cool stuff with it along the surrealistic story that analyzes yeah. Beatlemania. I think it'd be awesome. That's incredible. I would pay so much money. I would pay a few hundred bucks. It would be so great. At that point. Give me the collector's edition, all oh, the yeah. extra shit with it, the DLC season pass, and, all that stuff. It'd be and then yeah, you add more levels with more songs and Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Like, it hurts my soul albums. that that won't exist. It hurts it my would, soul. Yeah, it would take some some forces of God some to money. make that happen. It some would money. take some fucking money. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I would play the shit out of that. Oh, I, I would never play anything for the next two years. No, yeah. Oh, fuck you me. wouldn't see me on the street. I mean, you yeah. don't see me on the street now. But <laughs> yeah. I would, not, I would not leave. No. Uh, okay, so my final pitch. 
I'm going to adapt something I had uh, on the list to make it uh, a bit more fun. Okay. Take the Jumanji movie mm-hmm. that came out in 2017 or 2016. The one yeah. with The Rock 17. and Jack Black and Karen Gillan and all those guys. And Kevin Hart. Uh, where they're sucked into the video game of Jumanji. Yes. But they're sucked into a video game or something of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. So they're each given a rant. Like, cause I know in the, in the game, they don't really pick their characters in the same way. I really got to see it. Um, yeah. So what it is, is like, they just pick four random characters yeah. and then in the game, they show in. up as those characters right. with those abilities. Yeah. I would love it if you could do that with, with the different D and D classes. Oh. And I would kill it. Like it would be so dope if you had one character who was like, they didn't have anything. Yeah. They, you know, they couldn't figure out how to maneuver their stuff they're or the whatever. Dungeon master. Turns out, second act twist is that they're the fucking dungeon they're master the dungeon and they master. can control the universe yeah. itself. Oh, that's so cool. I would love it. And yeah, it's be one so of the funnest things cool. ever. I love so, that idea. Yeah. Especially because you could do one of the characters heavy CGI, like yeah. big fucking whatever. Right. And, you know, fucking wizard. Like a tiefling, and, or like half dragon, half person. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that would be so yeah. cool. Especially if you did it with those. With those, actors, yeah, yeah, that would know, be like sick. In that universe. Because yeah. um, I, I love that Jumanji movie, Welcome to the Jungle. I've never seen the original, and I haven't seen the third one. You, I, I, think you, I don't think you'll like the original, honestly. I don't think I, I don't will think either. There's, um, uh, there's a scene with bugs in it that you're just going to absolutely fucking despise. I've heard that, Yeah, actually. It's actually, like, it, it scared the shit out of me right. well into my, like, you know, 13, 14 when I last watched it, probably. To be but honest, I would per- close my eyes. It's a big scene, too. That's oh, like, Bastards. You'll have to you'll have to let me know if you watch it in the next short span of time, Seven a couple years. years. So yeah, I'll watch, yeah, I'll watch Jumanji, but yeah, no, I love that idea because I think the D and D kind of realm is something that's endless. You yeah, know, you could do so much, and I love that your imagination is such a big part of it. Mm-hmm. That's you know what draws a lot of people to the game, and that you could you could explore that directly by giving the the role of dungeon master to. Yeah one of the players yeah, and like yeah. he doesn't even realize it. He thinks he's powerless. And I love that trope of like the person's not used to their powers or don't, they don't, yeah, they can't access them. And then end up like being Miles, the best of everyone. Fucking Miles Morales in the Spider-Verse movie. And even, even stuff like Sky High. Fucking um, Deku in My Hero Academia is like that. Yeah, I love that. He has That's no such powers. such a satisfying trope. And then All Might gives him his power and he now he has the quirk or whatever. Yeah. One for all. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, it's so, it's a great, storytelling technique because it's literal character development in front of the audience's yeah. eyes but then you can also do actual personality right. personal yeah. development you can do a lot of fun shit with it absolutely um yeah we got some dope shit yeah and it's ours because we well, have a trademark by releasing it so. most of mine is not that's technically true yeah. mine. <laughs> it's, that's it's anyone true. could literally yeah. say oh i'm doing it yeah that's a, shit. that's a good point they've got me there yeah but i tell you what if any any Hollywood people see this and it's like, oh, Scooby-Doo meets the Ghostbusters. We're making it. It's yours. Yeah. I need nothing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Go it, right ahead. Right. <laughs> if you want to make a Beatles video game, don't even need my name in the credits. Just send it to me. You yeah. know, like, we're good. But right. any original ideas that are right. our own IP, don't you fucking dare. Don't touch it. Yeah, we have <laughs> lawyers on standby. Yep. Or something. It's all good, man. Something like, yes. Matt yeah. Murdock. Slip and Jimmy. What Rick Sanchez. Oh, that's another thing. That's another pitch. A little bonus. Like a, little a bonus pitch. 12 Angry Men type thing. Yeah. But, like, you put together this massive team of pop culture lawyers yeah. to defend. And I would love to, like, like you could have Saul Goodman as the antagonistic lawyer and yeah. Matt Murdock as the, as the, good. As the, you could the defense attorney or whatever. Dope shit yeah. there, man. Oh, yeah. 
we're so we're we're just spiraling. That's how it happens into into other pitches. But yeah, if you if you like the pitches, then tell us. If you got pitches of your own, tell oh yeah, us. that's fun too. Um, you know, follow us on the places. We're everywhere. Absolutely. I'm sure. Um, subscribe on all the stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna have to come up with like a. We're not good at that. Like that a routine. Sort of stuff. Like right. follow us on this and like us here and it just like do all the stuff. You yeah. can you can do all it. the stuff. Wherever. There we go. Until next time.